0: The following
1: is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
0: about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys!
2: this,
1: Cowboys? Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand
3: on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lowe. Prescott keeps it, keeps. and he bangs it into the touchdown.
1: And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans.
3: It is a wonderful Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company here from the star in Frisco in the SWBC studios. Welcome in everybody as we preview the Cowboys defense against the Los Angeles Rams offense today. This is going to be a fun one. Defense has been playing lights out this season, has only allowed one touchdown in each of the first four games, and they're going up against the reigning Super Bowl champions that are trying to get back on track offensively. Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey, Walker, Kyle Yeomans, with you as always, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Doing fantastic. Well, fantastic. Go Braves. Wonderful. Go Braves. Go Braves. Go Braves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, a big and also, guy, also right?
4: yeah, big baseball guy, but also, mm-hmm. uh, quick shout out to because. Regardless of if I like the team or dislike the team, MLB history is MLB history. So no shouts doubt. out to Aaron Judge for a phenomenal and phenomenal is understate. There's there are no adjectives to describe what we witnessed this season from Aaron Judge. So shouts out to him. I think he's gonna be the first half a billion dollar player. You say he
2: gonna double up the offer they gave him? <laughs> On, mm. Talk about
4: betting on yourself. Blank check. And
2: coming through. Ooh. Blank check.
4: And even if it doesn't come from the pinstripes,
2: it's Wait, coming from somebody. They
0: offered him 250
2: yeah. They offered him yeah. two, seven years, 230 or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what it was. That's, he said, he said <laughs> that's, that's couch money. What is that? Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah, yeah. reaching my pocket. Yeah. Thirty-five million dollars yeah. a year. That's not enough. He's yeah, enough. he's
3: only going to go win the triple crown and hit the most home runs Dude, in the history of the. He's going to be
2: getting uh, paid at least sixty a year. Yeah, it's double
3: enough. Now it's even crazier because baseball, baseball's in a good spot. And I know this is a football podcast, but just got to hit this real quick. You're rethinking
0: should have played baseball." <laughs>
3: Isaiah's First round always. pick' all, Isaiah's still be thinking about it. You would be. Yeah, I still be playing. He'd I'm be a part good. of that Mariners postseason. Damn right, right buddy. Mariners, um, baby. They made it. We'll talk Thank plenty you. about this in the future, but I mean, you think about Aaron Judge and what he's doing, and then Shohei Otani. Yeah. I mean, he's got 200 strikeouts and 34 home runs himself. I mean, those are two guys that baseball has not seen in. Hundreds of years. I mean, a long time. At the same time, right. it's a really, really cool time for baseball. By the way, gives me a platform to, to go ahead and do this, Beamer. If you could take my my single camera here, I, once again, I know this is a baseball show or not, a football this, show. This was not in the
0: rundown. No, it wasn't.
3: Mm-hmm. But this is this is a football show. However, I, I realized last night that I have a family member, <laughs> a long lost brother, Corey. <laughs> We've had some great times, Corey Yeomans, who caught the 60-second the home run ball for Aaron Judge. It's been a long time. I, miss him. I just I, I miss you. I, I think we need to hang out. Uh, by the way, I know you don't remember this, but you owe me 50000 from that one time we made a bet as a kid. Uh, it a, a long time no ago. Man. Yeah, that one time. But just hit me up if you ever need anything, Corey. Low you low for $50,000. That's, that's all, all you subtle. Want. That's all I'm doing. Subtle. You know how they always say, like, when you make subtle. your money, your family comes out of the woodworks? Subtle. Here I am. How did he make it home? The security. Did, see did you see so him? Out, out, out of the, out of the building. He had like, you know, four yeah, cops.
2: They walked out the building, but they didn't take him home, I'm sure. Okay, he's also kind of, you like, know, I he's, bet he he's had, well off for the most part. At that point, part, like, so he's on, I, TV, he has he's his on own. social media. That's the, that's the thing about social media. Like, net now, like, from the time he caught it to the time he walked out of the stadium, everybody knew what he looked like. Yeah. So,
4: how did you go from outside the stadium, how you go from inside the stadium to your car or to an Uber or to whatever you're going to do? I'm, I'm. Willing to bet you because you you see what he does for a living. He's well off, at least enough to the point where you know security know he probably helped him. He's Is a it? VP for an investment firm. Yeah. Um. So security probably. Oh, he's to definitely him him. T- Yeah, that's what I mean. He went to his private that back. Back. car and yeah, he went to his that's private car and yeah, <laughs> he's and, not you know, giving that ball back. And he no, was enjoying yeah. holding his you know two to five million dollar baseball. He's as on the a beach by Friday. You know, <laughs> as the Mets saw the Braves celebrate. I know we got to move on, but what would you do?
2: You caught Aaron Judge's ball. He asked for, "Hey, can I get the ball back?" No.
4: You, you honestly want my opinion. No. What would I honestly do? What would you man, do? Man, that's my ball. Run me my rubles. Life's been hard generationally. Run yep. me my paper. Yep. <laughs> I'm right there
2: with you. What are you doing,
4: doing Rappy? Uh,
0: let's talk. <laughs> let's let's, let's talk. I mean. Let's discuss. I, yeah. I'm not giving it back. Right. What You're what not giving it back. No. I, I love Aaron Judge no. too. I think he's a great player, but right. I, I mean, it's it's in my possession. Right. So you know what? Right? Right, or a I, it's a tough, I caught the ball. It's a, it's a tough call. Honestly, ball. The I
2: think, would I, think I would roll over their
4: grave if I, if I, I just would,
2: handed that over. Like, I truly no. believe that I would probably give the ball back, but I would just do it under the condition: say I, I will hope that the Yankees would would, would take care of me. I, That's, can I, I, would, I would say I would say I would say, hey, I, I, I don't think I could hold on to it, so I'm gonna give it back to you. But I just, in good faith, I will hope that you and the Yankees would take care of me. Handshake. I can handshake. No, no, is no, no, no difference yeah. of opinion. My friend. No, absolutely. It. That's why I'm asked a question, is, no, I asked the question. But I just don't think it. I could. I'm a good man. Yeah, I don't think I can hold no on No,
4: sir. No, sir.
2: I understand my I understand the opportunities, and I think that Aaron Judge and everybody else understands kind of the sequence of events and how they were prepared for this, right? And that's why I say, hey, here you go. Here you go, bro. Like, Just take care of your boy. Let me ask you
0: this. So does the price of the ball go up or down the more days you get from the actual hit?
3: I bet it goes down a little bit. Uh, Until it kind of gets to a spot where it's stagnant, I'm sure it probably goes down a little bit. So I would sell it quick is what I would do. But let me ask you this. The Yankees never took care of him. The Rangers never took care of him. Nobody ever took care of him. He had to buy his own ticket to get in the building, and he caught the ball. I don't care what happens. Give me my my money. My ball. That's my That's ball. My ball. <laughs> you can have it back whenever I give it back to you, Don't you that for that a price like. tag. No, not gonna happen. I'm talking
4: <laughs> That's generational my ball. Old. Right. Generational. Old? No. Same thing with the
3: the, the the Tom Brady ball that was given to him. The 300 uh, touchdown yeah. that was like they given not, to the fan. Well, yeah, he didn't take care of that guy. They didn't take care of him the same Thus way. That's my point. They didn't Run take care of him, they give him season
0: tickets for like two years. Yeah, that's not it. Ticket. He lives no, in Texas. Man.
2: They gave no. him what? I think he Tom Brady ended up giving him like a Bitcoin or something like that. Oh, congrats. No.
4: Yeah, okay. Which is worth it. And it went down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right it's not
3: looking great right now. Dollars,
4: so. yen, euros, rubles, rummy, all of it. Oh,
3: man's got options. Yeah, all good for him. All right. Enough of this. Let's talk news and notes. Dallas Cowboys back on the practice field today after an off day yesterday. Rob, we we got some news about a deep snapper.
0: Yeah, there's an injury we did not cover yesterday on the show. Actually, we went upstairs afterwards and found out Jake McQuaid, long snapper. Expect to be out for the season with a torn triceps. And if you go back and you watch the All-22, it was the last punt of the game. Uh, Derek Forrest, I think, for the Commanders is punt rushing, trying to block the punt. And... McQuaid kind of wrestles him to the ground, and when he gets back up, his left arm is just limp mm. as he's running mm. down the field on the, on the punt coverage. He's and still covered. still well, Kind of. He tried. He, he, I think he got about 10 yards and fell down like this hurts. More than most. Yeah. No, give him credit. So uh, they are having to adjust, and they signed or expected to sign two long snappers to the practice squad uh, by before oh, practice, no. Matt Overton no. and Tucker Addington. No, it's not, it's not LP. LP was not among the four workouts not yesterday.
3: Not I think Sorry. he's does LP really retirement. need to work out. <laughs> he wasn't signed yeah. though. I know. Eighteen years <laughs> in the league? Maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. But I I I think very You know, and Nick said he
0: says <laughs> if LP gets signed, Witten's at the front door going, hold on, guys. Yes, there's there's a certain record out there there's a little at stake. You know, a bit that, of right.
2: extra to that. That's a very so. important position though. Very. Very important position. Very. I know, Outline it. I know, it. Because most people are going to write it off as, oh, it's just a just a specialist. He's not even a kicker or a punter. Listen here. The kicker and mm. the punter don't get the ball. Right. Unless this dude snaps the ball accurately every single time. Much like the holder is important. I know Cowboys Nation remembers how important the holder is. Don't do that. I'm just saying. <laughs> the poor, the just <laughs> It's true, right? The just as much as emphasis is put on the holder – the snapper is just as important because you need that ball to be in the same place every single time because you are literally operating out of uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, muscle memory? Yeah, it is. It's muscle memory, not only as a snapper, but as the holder too, and the kicker, and the punter. Yeah. Everything's timing. It's just routine. It's and... freaking routine. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. The routine, like
4: everything is routine. Like you don't even think about it. Like it's just. It's instinctual. Well, it's exactly to the point that you're making, is what I mentioned on Media Match, what I mentioned on the heels of the team, parting ways with LP. Uh, for a lot of people that say, oh, long snappers do, don't matter, they absolutely matter for all of those reasons. And you're, you're also talking about guys bearing down on you and gunners coming. It's fractions of a second. So if, you know, the, the holder, or the punter and anger have to do this or that, you know, to the left by a fraction or to the right by a fraction, up by a fra- If it's not dead on every mm-hmm. single time, it messes up what, the technicals. Watch how close yeah.
2: people are to blocking field goals and extra points almost every play in the NFL. Yeah. So it's, it's just watch how close. Fractions. I mean, so you're talking up? about a tenth of a second difference, and the most field goals are blocked.
0: Yeah, And so, it's, it's the only position in the NFL, too, where you can't mess up. At all. Or you're gone. Like, even kicker. You can miss a few kicks, and they'll kind of stick with you. Yep. If you have, like, two bad snaps, you're done. they're looking for somebody else. And you're, that's why yeah. what LP did for so many years was Amazing. so impressive, yep. man. Like, you never and talked it was, about it. And it was perfect.
4: You know, the, the phantom-created penalty in Washington, notwithstanding, it, w- it was perfect. I mean, LP had a perfect career, and to be able to do that is inhuman. So, you know— Long snappers matter and the only thing we can say is because Nui asked me yesterday what's my am I concerned? Yeah, I'm concerned until I'm no longer concerned when it comes to the long snapper. Now I'm probably one of those people who are typically unreasonably concerned when it comes to that particular position. But, of course, it goes to what you know Isaiah said, fractions of a second, routine, and also trust between the holder and the long snapper, the punter and the long snapper. All of that stuff has to be reestablished yes. now yes. with these new guys. And they've signed two, which tells you that they're still trying these guys out Going into two of the more important games thus far this season, so I'm not saying hit the panic button over the long snapper. What I'm saying is it is most certainly something to keep an eye on. I don't think it's
0: happening. I know it's not. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> not. Think Are it's you happening. you trying to chant LP. Got... It's not <laughs> I was mad they took that that record away. It's not no. going to happen. No. Gonna... no, it's not going to happen. So they got two guys on the practice squad expected to got officially it. be for practice, and then they'll make a decision. Also expect expect McQuade to go on IR, and and Will Greer, especially assuming Dak will That's not play this week which hasn't been ruled out, but that's probably the expectation. Will Greer, he's out of practice squad elevation, so they'll bump him up, sign him uh, to the active roster. couple more injury things. James Washington is eligible to come off IR this week. I don't think that's going to happen yet. Mm-hmm. Damone Clark can start his practice window Talk about it, this week. Talk about it. And I think that's a possibility. Yeah, hit it. Yes. Talk about
3: it. I'm excited. He Isaiah Isaiah's more excited about Damone Clark coming back than he was Jason Peters dog signing. Doggone right. I can't wait to see I, Can he I sh- long snap? I've
2: had <laughs> – Can Jason Peters long snap? I just want everybody to go home and just Google Damone Clark. Mm-hmm. Google him. Just Google him. Don't look at his LSU pictures. I want you to look at all the headshots that they have of him and a Dallas Cowboys practice uniform and just look at the intensity on his face. And tell me that's not a man that... Not that one. It looks pretty intense yeah, he was right he pretty intense yeah, right still. there. I mean, Even I mean, smile at, his smile is intense. Even his smile is intense. But go, look at that one right there. That's the one I'm talking about it's right there. No, go to, the <laughs> go to the other one. his smile is intense. Do a one shot on the other one We're right talking there. One. One on other one We're
3: talking about this one right That one right there. Look, that one right Zoom there. in on that one. How about that? Yeah,
2: zoom in on that one. And I Do a one, one shot know. on that one, Beamer. I don't know if I can do that. You got to make the beer. There's a Give me a second. So, Don't this you, guy is intense. I've had conversations with this yeah, young man. That's a specimen. Jesus. That's a specimen. He's Damn. a large human. Yeah. He's a very large human that's very athletic, very fast. I know I was standing on the table yelling for, you know, N'Kobe Dean before, you know, when the draft stuff happened. Yeah, but, you were. But right right the, absolutely so. Rightfully so. He's right a beast. Rightfully so. But the, the value that they got with him, first of all, kudos to the training staff for what they discovered. Um, kudos to – uh, the, the, the obviously the front office for trusting the training staff and trusting the process and getting him taken care of, still drafting him, still getting him in surgery, all those kind of things, and then nursing him back to health. And now you have a very viable option, uh, adding more to DQ. Mm-hmm. You add a DC to a DQ, <laughs> <laughs> like and you're just that much stronger. Blizzard. And you're getting somebody. Now, obviously, he has to come out here and prove it. He hasn't had any reps, all those kind of things. He has to get his legs underneath him, all that, but... He's been obviously working with the training staff and all those things, getting back in condition. It's not football condition, so he'll need a ramp-up period. But I think that he's going to be huge, not only for the special teams, because that's where he'll have the most impact immediately. Yeah. But in terms of your packaging, what now can you do package-wise? If you add him to the active, right, and, yeah. you, and, you, and you roll him in there, now you talk about speed packages, you talk about being able to have guys at the second level that can run and hit and I'm excited about this. Listen, I, uh, I'm excited for him because yeah. I, 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 oh, I remember absolutely. having conversations with him. Yeah. He was beyond frustrated, yeah. and he had never been. It was through right after the
3: rookie premiere, after, right that after you the, and I the
2: rookie premiere, we had some conversations, and I just told him, "I said, if you ever need anything, just holler at me because I've been through injuries, bro. Like right. I, the, the mental, the psychology that it takes to overcome that. Right? We talked about it in the documentary, but it takes a lot. Yeah, and especially when you come in and you're ready to have an impact. I came in having had surgery. Right and had to come in and learn and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, you feel like you're lesser than. You feel like you're detached from the team. You feel like you're not a part of everything, that all the success has going on. So that's what he's coming into, and he just wants to go out there and have fun and run
4: around and play and rem- remember who he used to be. Right, and, and needless to say, I mean, me being an SEC guy, I've seen plenty of Damone Clark, just like I saw prior to him. I saw plenty of Jabril Cox, so forth and so on. Damone Clark is different, different. Like, uh, a human being with that size – should not have the ability to Ooh, to yeah. be that much of a quick twitch athlete. Like his quick twitch is ridiculous. Mm. His ability to read, close, and react is, is insane. And like you said, kudos to the to the front office and also the medical staff. Yeah. And it's a it's a fantastic situation for Damone because he's coming into an organization that unfortunately is well-versed in neck issues. You talk about Teron Smith, you talk about LVE here recently. Now LVE is out there playing just fine, knock on wood, that he continues to do so. But they're not afraid to take a risk on a a neck situation. So now, the procedure's been done. Damone is clearly ahead of schedule. There were some that were wondering if this was going to be a redshirt season for him. Uh, Obviously not. His window is potentially going to open as early as today. And if all goes well, then he could, in fact, be activated. And now you're talking about Michael Parr Parsons and Damone Clark oh Dan Quinn Anthony Barr late man it just goes on and on and, and then look at who's playing in front of that unit then look who's playing behind that's, that unit the, the rich get richer mm-hmm. when it comes to Dan Quinn in this defense at, ladies and gentlemen like he said if and not, and Google Damone Clark beyond just the intensity of his smile <laughs> right go back and look at his LSU tape the kid is uh, not even a kid He's an adult male, and he is an absolute monster. And uh, if he can hit his stride anytime soon for the Cowboys, good I grief, Charlie
3: Brown. I like <laughs> the optimism. I really do. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm there with you in terms of he's a good player. He was the top 60 guy for me prior to knowing about the injury. He was the number eight linebacker in my list of, of draft prospects prior to knowing about the injury. The injury gives me a little bit of pause, but luckily they went in and cleaned it up. I don't think it's going to be an immediate impact because even looking at your guy, N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean, he he was as good as anybody. He was my number one linebacker, number 14 player overall. Guess what he's done in four games in the NFL? He's had one tackle. That's it. No sacks, no interceptions, no PBUs, no pressures, nothing. He's had one solo tackle in his first four games. Give it a little bit of time. I know the hype train is there. I'm with you. I think he's going to be a good player. But let's not get carried away oh, that yeah. he's going to be a game changer right, which is immediately.
4: I if I said, yeah. he hits yeah, his stride anytime sure. soon,
0: they start the window. They give him three weeks yep. to ramp up, and if he gets on the roster, like yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. Like I think, like it took Anthony Barr a nice little ramp up period, and he's I think still he's probably getting still, into yeah, it. and he's a four time Pro Bowler, and there's been no, it's a, it's a transition to the league plus the injury plus, you know, ramping back up. Yeah. So I think it'll take some time, Absolutely. but. Yeah, he had no business being a fifth-round draft pick. Just, no. Yeah, no. Just, I mean, I think long-term, you should be really excited if you're a Cowboys fan. Like, it. if, he's a, if
4: he's activated um, within his 21-day window, I could see demont Clark making some sort of impact not only on special teams I think he'll make an impact on special teams sooner than he would on defense mm-hmm. um, but I could see him making some sort of impact for Dan Quinn on defense you know come December when the games really start to matter now I yeah, mean he yeah. had like a you know I mean it wouldn't be hard to have a career game as a rookie because you know <laughs> you have one sack. guess what it's a career game um, but I think he'll make an impact in some way shape or form on defense as early as December assuming that he uh, is saw
3: that from Jabril Cox exactly. prior to the injury exactly. he was ramping up and getting better last yeah. year prior to him having Daniel Jones knows that guy from last season year. <laughs> ending yes <laughs> he does yes he does uh so really quickly before we go to our first break so if you are on IR so Damone Clark James Washington and you get out you can be on the practice field for how long prior to the to 20, 21, 21 days so three weeks yeah you have to be activated within that window yeah. or you revert, if you're put yeah. on there or you go right back yep. for the season, and then yep. you're done. You can't come back. Okay, so keep that in mind, when, when especially with James Washington. He's probably not going to start a practice window. He's probably going to need that practice window more than anybody, yep. right? I think from a wide receiver standpoint, we saw that with Michael Gallup. It took him almost three weeks to ramp up without actually going on to IR. So, all right, when we come back, let's take a look at how this Rams – Offense can challenge the Cowboys' defense. There's a ton of weapons still on that Rams' offensive side of the football. And is Allen Robinson finally going to wake up for them on the outside against this cornerback room, or are they going to shut him down? When we come back with more talking Cowboys right after this,
4: when you build, you start with the foundation, and home ownership is a foundation of a stable future.
5: Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Get ready for the greatest roast
1: of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th
3: Head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, October 22nd to experience Rally Day presented by Seat Geek. Get ready to cheer on your Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, ticket giveaways, games, inflatables, and a whole lot more. You can visit ATTStadium.com rallydays Rally Days for tickets and for more information. Isaiah, stand back. Hi. Patrick Walker. Ola. Rob Phillips. Hello. I'm Kyle Yeomans. glad you're with us. Chris Beam in the back, as always. Uh, All right. Every Wednesday, we preview what the Cowboys' defensive matchup's going to look like. Wall-to-wall Wednesday. And they go wall-to-wall so far because they have not allowed a whole lot to this point. One of the best defenses in the NFL. But you feel like you're playing a sleeping giant, Rob. Mm. The Los Angeles Rams right now coming in just haven't figured it out on offense. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) But their defense... Is still very, very good. We'll talk about the Rams defense tomorrow. But when you take a first look at this Rams offense, what are your initial thoughts?
0: I, I don't think it's as bad as what the LA Times headline was this morning, that they're a or Monday morning, that they're a predictable mess. Oh. Mm. Just getting after Sean McVay mm. out there. No, please don't poke him. In the city of Angels, right? Because you said it in the break. Like they're gonna figure it out. He's gonna <laughs> figure it out. I think um I don't think it's as bad. As it looked, I mean, I think protection-wise, it was bad on Sunday or Monday. Yes. But they they got to the red zone three times. They moved the ball, and they got nine points out of three red zone trips. So you left 12 points on the board. Yep. And I think they're capable of doing more than that, although they're facing a tough Cowboys defense this week. They've got to get some more balance in their offense, and it's not just the passing game. We, we touched on the number of targets to two guys in their whole offense they got to get back to running the ball and there were some some moments in the game on Monday night where you're like i think Eli said it on the broadcast with Peyton like it's it might as well be a sack you're trying to run the ball to get some kind of balance going and you get a 2 yard loss and they just can't get anything going between Henderson and Akers. and that's you got Matt Stafford throwing 48 times that's not conducive for anything in terms of balance
4: see unfortunately for them um, you know the Cowboys <laughs> they know very well that they need to improve this run defense. Um, And and you go back and you listen to sounds of the sideline. And one of the biggest things that I took away from that was DeMarcus Lawrence being upset that the run defense was not what it should have been or up up to expectation. So you have a a team leader like that, a unit leader like that, who's just beating the table all week in practice and in in meetings, basically saying we have to make sure that we don't allow – the Rams to get Akers and Henderson off. Otherwise, our secondary is going to have a long day. So this is a Cowboys defense that also has been doing very well in clamping down in the red zone. You talk about the the Rams only being able to convert those three red zone trips for nine points and leaving points on the field. Well, they are, like you said, they're going against a Cowboys defense (laughs) that is routinely stingy in that area of the field. So it's not going to get any easier for the Rams. And then now you talk about – Uh, The offensive line, which we mentioned on yesterday really briefly, they were down to a backup center who is actually a guard, moved to center in in Shelton. Shelton goes down with injury. Turns out he's going to be out for four to six weeks. He's not coming back. So it's probably going to be Coloney, right? So now you got a third string next to a couple of backups at arguably the most important portion of your offense, which is the interior offensive line. If the Cowboys can just win those personnel matchups like they should and fairly, I don't want to say the E word easily, but fairly handily, let's put it that way, then the Rams are not going to be able to run the ball. And that's going to force Matthew Stafford into a 45 plus yard or 45 plus attempt game. And that plays right into the hands of Dan Quinn in this defense.
3: So looking at some of the top targets that have been against the Cowboys so far, Terry McLaurin last week, two receptions for 15 yards, so shut him down completely from a Cowboys side of things. I, I'm not even going to look at the Giants' weapons because I don't know who you would even tab as their number one guy. Jamar Chase in week two against Cincinnati, or er, five receptions, 54 yards, so he's still got a decent chunk, right?
4: Yeah, clamp. Still
3: decent, but overall, yeah, very good. And then week one, Mike Evans had five for 71 and a touchdown. Really the touchdown, and there was like one drive in there where he had success. For the most part, Dallas has had a really good – done a really good job on the edge of slowing down these top targets. Why is this different, though, with Cooper Cup? Most targeted in the NFL by like 50 targets since week one of last year over Tyreek Hill. He's had 287 targets since week one last year. Tyreek Hill is second in the NFL with 230. Cooper Cup's still getting his yardage, still getting his receptions, even though they know the football's going his way. Why is that different than some of the other opponents the Cowboys have faced?
2: Because you get, Cooper Cup can run routes from all over the place him McVeigh puts him in so many situations to be successful there's it's really hard to scheme him up if you go back and watch any of the film last year this year whatever year you want to in regards to Cooper Cup this dude's outside he's inside he's stacked he's on the ball he's off the ball he's out the backfield he's in motion he's shifted you don't know where the heck this dude is at so you, <laughs> you can't scheme him up versus a Mike Evans where he's going to be at outside Mm -hmm. jamar chase where he's going to be at in the slot or outside like it's it's pretty predictable in terms of game plan okay if he's outside this is what we're doing if he comes to the slot this is what we're doing cooper cup there's some there's formations you can't even you got to create names for that these guys come out in and they're doing it just because you can't you can't scheme him you can't you can't in and out him you can't man and man him you can't zone him he's gonna get the ball what you want to do is just, is simply just make sure that he doesn't get behind you. <laughs> That's the biggest thing right. with Cooper Cup. Right. Cooper Cup's going to get ten catches. He's going to get ten catches. They're going to throw the ball to him fifteen times, and it's just it is what it 20. is. Yeah, it, twenty times and then nineteen times last week. So you accept that. There's a certain guys that are just going to get the rock because they're just that good. Cooper Cup's a top five receiver, much like Mike Evans and 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 Jamar, uh, Chase. And Jamar Chase. Those yeah. guys are really good, but those guys are limited because of how they're utilized within their offense. They're able to make big plays from those particular positions, versus Cup, he'd make plays from anywhere.
3: How does Dallas combat that though?
2: Keep him in front of you, keep him in front of you, and and like you said, stop the running game. You you, you can't shut. I don't know of a time anybody's ever shut down Cooper Cup.
3: I mean, it hasn't happened since last year. That's what I'm saying. Like
2: you right. just, it's hard. It's a hard triple guy to shut down. Winner, he's he's man. everywhere. And you just accept the fact that, okay, he's just keep him in front of us. Right. Let him have the ball. Just don't let him get past your heart markers.
0: Right. right? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. a great example was the last drive in the Super Bowl. Like, everybody knew where, <laughs> you know where it was going, was going, and it didn't, it didn't matter. And that's why part of me is like, 19 targets, well, I kind of get it. Like, he is always open. I mean, 95% of the time, the guy's he's, – he's, he's created space. Sure. Even when
2: he's not open, he's open.
0: Yeah. But – the pick six at the end was a product of you don't have enough balance in your offense, mm-hmm. exactly. and 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 they, San Francisco knew where the ball was going, and they a great anticipation. And they had ran that play a thousand times that day,
2: so I think True. that's one of the reasons why the, the, the times are probably getting on McVay right now, because not only did they not distribute the ball evenly enough throughout all the different options they have on offense, but they were running a lot of the same type of plays. They ran a ton of screens, a ton of outside screens, so it was very easy to read. Those indicators were easy for the defenders. He's going to have – he's going – McVay's such a competitor, he's going to mix it up, right? So you just want to limit what they can do. Shut down the run. Keep Cup in front of you. Don't let Allen Robinson get no-dog on confidence because that's not the guy you want to get confidence right. this week because he can't hurt you. Right, yeah, he, He's shown the ability regardless of what he's done this year. He's still quick. He's still explosive.
3: I don't care what the reports are about that guy. Just don't let him start catching the ball. Is this kind of a long-time coming sort of deal for Sean McVay, though, and, and Matthew Stafford? Because you look back at the start of last year – or all of last year, Matthew Stafford was tied with the most interceptions in the NFL with Trevor Lawrence. He threw 17 Mm -hmm. picks last year. Now he threw 40 touchdown passes, so it makes up for it a little bit. But he had 17 picks last year, tied for the most. Right now he has the most with six and four touchdowns. He hasn't had a season where he's thrown more interceptions than more touchdowns since his rookie campaign with the Lions back in, like, 09. So is this – just a, Finally, teams are starting to read it. I know last year he threw the most amount of interceptions and they still won the Super Bowl. But is this something that's a problem for the Rams that's even bigger than what the Cowboys are going to show out this week? Well, I think you're right in that Stafford will throw
0: it up. I mean, he's done it throughout mm-hmm. his career. He's going to take chances. I, yeah. think, I think the pick at the end was a product. That was a safe throw. That's just like, I think... Completed of, nine times out of ten. Yeah, and a lot of those screens, I think, you look back to the Washington game against the Cowboys... They screened a ton, and it's because they didn't trust their protection. <laughs> They're trying to get the ball quick out as fast as possible. And I think that's some of what McVay was trying to do in that game. Absolutely. You look at the one that he almost got picked in the end zone to Higby. I, you know, he if missed. He, ha- he missed a lot of throws. He did miss some throws, and if he on that one though with his progression, he might have had Henderson for a touchdown if the protection was there just a, a tick longer. There's probably know?
2: about three throws that I could think of right off the back. In that game where he just wishes he had that ball back. Yeah. Because guys, Hickby was wide open. Um, I think Cup was open on a few. Like there was a couple balls we're just like, dang, dude. See, like, that, just Released the ball wrong. You know, and thing. it's like those are yeah, I mean, and they happen, right? It happened, but those are plays like they are leaving plays on the field. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so I don't want to make it seem as if these guys are just they're just trash or terrible. They they're, their offense is not clicking. They're at the bottom of the league in every dog on category offensively right now. Yeah, they that, are. That is the total opposite of what we've come right. to know about the Rams mm-hmm. and McVay and Stafford in his time with as a Ram he's going he's missed some throws as a competitor as a professional you go back and you you make those corrections as a defense for the Dallas Cowboys you want to continue to do what you've been doing to every other team force Stafford to be in the same situation he was in last week uh where he wanted where they had to change the offensive scheme because he can't sit back there and throw the ball he has to get it out on the edges they have to get the ball out of their hand quickly you shut down their running game you limit them to you know to these type of quick throws now you can start process of elimination in terms of what they can and can't Mm. do i know as a defensive back i I can sit at 10 yards and come downhill because they're not going to have the ball have time to throw the ball beyond me right so you want to limit them in that regard so that you can start making plays dallas does what they've been doing they'll be perfectly fine but you still have to respect the fact that not only are these guys capable we've seen it and we've seen it last year and they've had a lot of change offensively in terms of the offensive line. You guys just touched on that. They are hurting there. You yeah. know, nobody's talking about
4: Andrew Whitworth either. He, oh yes, yeah, that's major. Mm-hmm. yeah, to retirement. And that—that's what you need is if you're the Cowboys, you need to make sure that you understand when it comes to Matthew Stafford, you need to shorten his clock. If you shorten yep. his clock, he will give you the ball. If you shorten his clock, he will give you the ball. That is—that is the the blueprint for Matthew Stafford. And you talk about protection or lack thereof. The reason they're leaving plays on the field, it's it's not by accident. It's because the clock has been shortened. So he doesn't have time to go through the progressions to see what he's seen later on film. Oh, God. I You know, I should have hit. He'd be here. I should have. You know, the reason he can't in real time is because guys are bearing down on him. This is also a Cowboys defense that has yet to allow 20 points in a game. This plays into the Cowboys favor because First of all, again, respect the Rams and what they can do because Matthew Stafford could easily come out and be an all pro on any given Sunday. But this is how you keep preventing that from happening. But also this Rams defense or offense, I should say, they've only scored 20 points or they scored 20 points or fewer in three of their first four games, yep. 10 points or fewer in two of those first four. They're simply I don't know if they're asleep or if it's a a combination of them being asleep, trying to jar themselves awake, or if it's simply you don't have the horses up front to give you the time to find to let Cooper Cup get behind you. Right. Because in order to run a go route to get behind your safeties, the quarterback needs time in the pocket to deliver that ball. And when you don't have it, those go routes, those would be go routes, then become hooks and flats and screens and the, the field starts shrinking vertically. And then you can tee off.
0: I think you nailed it. I think that's what's happening with Carson. Carson Wentz has guys that can make plays down yep. the field. They just didn't give him any time the last couple weeks. And Marcus Mosher put out on Twitter, I think their lowest – big play team the Rams are right now with yeah. 16 explosive play so far that's that's a product of the protection probably and we've met I think you teased Alan Robinson he's a new guy in the in the offense and they just maybe it's just a matter of connection not clicking yet yeah I've got
3: some really interesting stats about how this Rams team is different than what it has been under Sean McVay in the past and I'm going to hit it on the other side of the break and we're also going to talk about how can this pass rush take advantage of that Rams offensive line when we come back with more Talking Cowboys presented by Black
1: Rifle Coffee Company.
5: Go online at blackriflecoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's blackriflecoffee.com to fuel up today.
1: Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet! Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible
5: token. Done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black?
1: Back to Talkin' Cowboys.
3: Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more. Do more. Essilor on Talkin' Cowboys. (laughs) I didn't want to get in trouble by Beamer. You wanted to be careful yeah, to with it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want, to be, yeah, yeah, I didn't want the golden throne over here. This, I just the mic stands in here. It's a, it's a discrepancy. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah, strong there. I think it's luxurious. Mm-hmm. No doubt, opulent about it. even, mm. opulent, a great, yeah, kind of almost
0: gaudy with this
3: gun. <laughs> if you get me mad, every one of y'all are gonna have one of these.
0: <laughs> Beam's gonna be I deal. have enough. Here's just a gold. You know. I
3: can I can get enough. Is this from the old studio? Like no. back whenever they used Wait, to. You got to be it. No. Oh, okay. Like
4: at this point, you just got to be it.
3: Yeah, we
0: like have like three extras of those. Zwartski Christmas. Oh,
3: okay. oh, I like it. Looks like that's from to be. that's from Jib Jazz's desk. <laughs> hey, oh, all right, Jib right. Jazz. All right. Back here, final segment here of Talking Cowboys. Chris Beam, you just heard him. Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Kyle Yeomans. All right. With the Cowboys win this week, Sean McVay will be under five hundred for the first time after week two or later in the entire time of his tenure as the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. He's never had a losing record. Actually, the worst record he ever had was in week 16 of 2019. He was 8-7. and seven. That's the worst record he's had as the Rams head coach after week two. So... It's been a while since the Cowboys or since the Rams have been under 500, and the Cowboys could get him there uh, with that moving into this week. Now, you also talk about the way that their offensive line has not been playing well. Rams currently have a minus 24 point differential in 2022 after having a positive point differential through four games in each of the first five seasons under Sean McVay. Their lowest prior to this year was plus 13. So that's, what, like a 35-point difference, 37-point difference, something like that. That It's different now with Sean McVay. This doesn't look like the same team. Where is the weakness of that offensive line, Patrick? Because Dallas is going to get after teams. We've already seen that through the first four weeks of the year. How are they going to get after the Rams? Well,
4: what should terrify the Rams is the weakness, uh, the biggest weakness is not simply the interior of the offensive line. It's more specifically the center position, which is critical, critical to making sure that, I mean, you talk about time. We were talking about the long snapper situation. <laughs> you talk about uh, your quarterback having trust in the center and that particularly on shotgun uh, formations, that that ball is going to be there timely. The cadence is going to be understood. Isaiah has spoken a lot about cadence this season. All of that stuff matters. And now you're you're going to your third string center center. And when that third string center walks up, he's he's trying to over he's going to overprocess because he's trying not to make a mistake, which is why he's probably going to make a mistake. Now yeah. that could be a poor snap, whatever the case may be. But not only does he have to make sure that the timing and the rhythm and that he understands Stafford's cadence uh, correctly, but he also then has to understand that once he flips his head up. Look who! Look who he's staring at! He's staring at Neville Gallimore and also Diggy Zua and Quentin Bohanna and Chauncey Goldston and good luck, young man. So um, I don't. I think that. You look at the interior of the offensive line for the Rams. You look at the center position, third stringer coming in, who's not, you know, that's not his base position. That's a major, major problem. And Stafford already, you know, quite as it's kept, or maybe loud as it's kept, uh, <laughs> he doesn't trust those guys up front. And you're seeing it on film. And now you're going to throw a third string center in front of him against some horses from Dan Quinn. The trust is going. To, the trust level is going to go down that much more. So uh, in week five, and you know the pork chop is tender in the center. Mm. <laughs> Cowboys just have to eat a hole through it.
2: Gineroni. Yeah. Yum. I got none for you, Ky. These guys
3: are in a bad position, and the Dallas Cowboys are in a good position. It's just. You had something last week. Whenever Washington was in a bad position, tell me. Tell me about them. No, I mean they're just like you said. I think that you have to be conscious and cautious
2: about coming in there like like sleepy joe don't be don't be sleepy walking in here to play them at home with their backs against the wall with the city against them with a super competitive against coach with super really them. with really good players offensively and defensively they have their problems right a lot of teams have their problems right now injuries whatever it may be but you're talking about the defendant champs
3: mm-hmm.
2: so put some respect on it not only are they the defending champs, they're defending champs with the same coach, the same superstars. They added more superstars, and they're playing at the crib where they won the Super Bowl. So, you, you don't be confident. Don't be cocky. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah, yeah, be yeah, confident.
2: No, I mean, don't be yeah. cocky. And I, I heard, uh, I think was it King Griffey Junior. Yesterday was on the pivot, and he said, "What did he say?" He said, "Confident is is knowing that you're good at something, and, and cocky is when you feel that you have to tell everybody." Yep. And just, just, just know, just go in there and know that you're good. Know that things are clicking. Know that things are on the up and up. Go out there and they're, they're wounded. They're wounded.
3: Go out there and expose it. Usually, it's teams that have a target on the Cowboys' back, just because the the brashness of the of the brand and and the the visibility that they bring, but. It, are they even able to be confident and or cocky, either one, after the three-game winning streak? Have they earned that right yet?
4: I don't get the sense that anybody on this team is cocky.
3: It, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I'm leading. I don't think they've earned that right yet, especially to go up and, and be too confident and overly confident against the L.A. Rams who just won a Super Bowl, right? I mean,
0: there's been times where the Cowboys, and, and Dak has even said it, where they you know, kind of feel themselves a little bit when they've gone on a win streak. It's happened before. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case cuz I think it shouldn't be the case because clearly offensively there's things that they are limited at. Right. They got they got some continued issue. Like there's things you can point to this Washington game where you're like, "Hey, the protection up front, the running game, we couldn't get that going. Defensively, leaking a lot of run yards." They need to get more takeaways. Like, there's a lot of stuff on film that even Dan Quinn can point to and be like, we can be better at this, we can be better at this. I, there, there's a ton of room for improvement, even on the defensive side of the ball. They shouldn't be cocky. They should be confident because I think they know they're good. But, uh, yeah, Isaiah's right. Like, you got to put respect on the Rams. There's, this is not the first time that people have said Sean McVay has been figured out. It's <laughs> not the first time. No. And
2: I, they'll be back. He's probably one of the most – I mean, you think about the most – Creative, ingenious minds offensively in the league. You, McVay's name comes up, no doubt. So for him to be at the bottom, and you know how competitive he is, he's whether he was the youngest coach, right, youngest head coach or whatever it was at some point in time. This dude is com- he's confident, he's freaking competitive, he's infatuated with the game. This is not when you talking about young coaches, and I, I guess I'll make this comparison. Was it what Was his name Kingsbury? Kingsbury. Yeah, King. Kingsbury. I can't even say his name, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. No disrespect. Okay, in Arizona. Both young coaches, both offensive minds. One of them you just hold in a high regard, right? One of them you just hold in a high regard because you're like, if this dude gets knocked down, like, dang it, like, watch out, like, he's probably gonna be pissed off. Mm -hmm. And this, like, if there's there's any coach in the league that you feel that way about,
4: it's this guy right here? Yeah, I mean, McVay isn't figured out. I mean, that he continues to prove that um, time and again. But it kind of goes back to I harken back to our conversation about Brian Dable, right? All right. You, you you have one of the better, yeah. brighter football minds Absolutely. in the NFL that you're going against. Respect that. Respect that. Respect that. Uh, at the end of the it day, personnel, it, it matters until it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter when it comes down to personnel and execution. And you you saw McVay throwing some of his players under the bus in the press conference after the loss to the 49ers by basically saying the guys we expected to step up didn't do what we wanted them to do. Didn't Woo, do it. Like it. Right. Right. You got to love it, Hello. but at the same time, that tells you that it, to a large degree, it, it matters, the scheme and all of this, it matters, it matters, it matters. But if your horses are not built to stop these dogs, mm. then your horses are going to be sandwich meat. That's just what it comes down to, and there's no variation at any given Sunday, caveat, any given Sunday. There. But there's nothing that I see, personnel to personnel-wise, Offensive line to defensive line, and then you throw in Micah Parsons in, in the World's Waldo format. Where is he at? Where is he on? Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. And Micah Parsons, by the way, hasn't had a technical sack, and yeah. I say technical, a technical sack in two games. He's not cocky. He wants – he's out for blood. This defense wants to improve. Tank, they were up when he was frustrated about not stopping the run. He wasn't over there like, oh, well, we're up, you know, let him have it. No, he was like, we have to stop the run. This defense is just monstrous, and they're going against an offensive line that is exceedingly porous, and there is a quarterback behind that offensive line that has shown you when you shrink his clock, he will give you the ball. This is a winnable game for the Cowboys in a stadium that should
3: be heavily populated with Cowboys fans. Mm. Even with the Super Bowl champs in town? we're just there, what, seven, eight weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were. So travels. I'm glad we have this conversation now because if you were going to overlook a part of the offense or a part of the Rams, it would be their offense. And Sean McVay is going to pick that up, Shoot. and it's going to be there. You're going to have some challenges. You cannot overlook the Rams' defense, though. They've been playing oh, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be tough to, to, to get past at any point throughout the season, especially this week when you're still trying to get back on track on your offensive side of the football. We're going to preview that matchup tomorrow right here on Talking Cowboys. Special thanks to our friends at Black Rifle Coffee Company. Go check them out at blackriflecoffee.com. That's it for us today. For Chris Beam, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Standback, Patrick Nosey-Walker, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys.